All right, book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this beautiful passage. What an encouragement it should be to our hearts as we read what you have done for us through your only Son, that through him you equip us to live in this world. So help us now to come and listen. Help us to hear what your word has to say to us. Like Jesus always said, he who has ears, let him hear. So let us hear and help me to preach the truth in love with a tender heart. So thank you, Father. Thank you again for the sacred scriptures. Thank you that all scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for, for teaching for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness. To help us, Father. And Father, if there's anybody here that's not saved, may you do a great work of salvation in their heart as the word is preached to them, the gospel of Christ, the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And we thank you for the power that we have. Thank you, Father. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a song that I sent to us, I think on Saturday, Yari's Love. Yari's Love that conquered evil. So when we look to the cross, Yari's Love that conquered evil. Christ, the firstborn from the grave, death has failed to be found equal to the life of him who saves. And that same life who saves and that is Jesus, is the one who wants to equip us, who wants to help us walk with him in this world. You've just heard me read verses 20 and 21, and 20, verse 21 says, equip you with everything good. As a Christian, do we believe that God equips us? Who equips you? If you don't believe that God equips us, it can only be yourself, which leads to self-gratification, self-glory, selfishness, all the selves, self-confidence, takes away all the glory from God. But as Christians, if we believe God equips us, then this is a great passage to encourage us, because it tells us God equips us. Like I said, this is a benediction. What is a benediction? Well, it's a kind of prayer or reading that can be used to help, to encourage, to comfort God's people. We have a benediction at the end of our service. Not to impress you, not to show that we, this church that is right, but it's to encourage you so you can go out there into this world and trust the Creator God. 
It's, it's a benediction for pastoral care, to communicate, to communicate the care of the Heavenly Father, of His love, compassion, to encourage us, to comfort us, to leave the service full of God's confidence and joy to live and work in this fallen world. An example would be, just say I close with this benediction, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. When you hear the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, well, the same grace that saves you is the same grace that can instruct you to walk godly in this perverse world and to trust because God's grace is sufficient for our lives no matter what we go through. When you hear of the love of God, we should be reminded of that God will never leave us, He will never forsake us. What can man do to us? And, and no one can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That, that encourages us. That should comfort us as we go out into this fallen world. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Well, there we have it. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit, our helper, our comforter. As we go into the scriptures, we know that we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit who can encourage us to walk faithfully and humbly with God. And fight the good fight. So a benediction should, like I said, it should strengthen us, it should encourage us and comfort us to go out into the world and fight the good fight for the sake of Christ. And if you're doing that, then you're doing God's will. And you have great hope in this fallen world because you trust Him in Jesus who gives us this hope. And this benediction that we read from Hebrews chapter 13 verses 20 to 21 should encourage us because it shows us that the God of peace wants to equip us. God has saved us to equip us, to help us. I think of Joseph. You look at Joseph's life from the time he was thrown into that pit and the time that he stood before Pharaoh, put second in charge of Egypt. God was equipping him in the skills, in the physical, as well as in the spiritual. Joseph had to learn humility. He was a very proud boy. He boasted about his dreams. That's what landed him up in trouble. But we know it was all God's doing. Equipping Joseph. Because he said to his brothers, God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth. And in chapter 50 of Genesis, verse 20, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. God equipped Joseph, equipped David, Daniel, the disciples, and us as Christians. God is equipping us. So this morning, I want to look at two vital things for us to take home, to encourage us. Two vital things from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 to 21, to know that God equips us. And the first vital thing that we need to know is how God equips us. How does God equip us? Well, look at verse 20 again. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood 
of the eternal covenant. God, the God of peace, does it through the resurrection. If it wasn't for the resurrection, no one would be here. My faith would be in vain. My preaching would be in vain. And our Christian life would just be in vain. We would still be dead in our sins. It is through the resurrection that God equips us. And we'll see this now as I unpack that first verse, verse 20. But let's just see one thing here in the beginning. Now may the God of peace, that's who we worship. God of peace. Not a God that says, come to me and now you're going to fight for me. And if there's someone that doesn't believe in what I tell them to believe, you go out there and you kill them. That's a God of chaos. That's a God of destruction. And you can even go out there and take your own life by killing people. That is a God of chaos. That is a God of destruction. We serve a God of peace. He calls us to pray for our enemies. Not to go and take them out physically. Our fight is not with a physical sword. It's with the, with, with the spirit, the word, the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. And it's fought from within. How we live. We're rubbing shoulders. And it's fought from the word. We pray for our enemies. And we pray that we may live at peace with them where it's possible. Scripture says that if possible, live at peace with all people. Sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes we have to run. But pray for your enemies. Like you heard me on, on, on Friday, our fight is not flesh and blood. It's the spiritual powers of the heavenlies. And the God of peace wants to equip us to live at peace with all people. And He does that. But before He can equip us, we need to know God of peace. He, we need to be known by Him. He needs to save us. That is why God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, sent His only begotten Son, Jesus, into the world, not only to forgive sins, but also to bring peace between Him and us. The lovely scripture says, tells us that since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no wrath when judgment day comes. And if we are at peace with God, if we are saved, if you've been crucified with Christ, then God wants to equip us. And equips us through Jesus' resurrection. But again, before God could do that, Jesus had to die. Which we celebrated on Good Friday. The crucifixion. The sinless man. A man without sin. The perfect man. Truly man and truly God. Willingly and voluntarily gave himself up on the cross to die to forgive our sins. The Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. 
We should have been nailed to that cross because of our sins. Not Jesus, the perfect sinless man. But he had to die. So that he could be raised from the dead. Which we saw and read now in verse 20 of Hebrews chapter 30. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead, that he died on the cross. He died, it was in the tomb. And he brought from the dead, he raised from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. And how did God bring back from the dead our Lord Jesus? Well, it told us. It says there, we are told by or through the blood of the eternal covenant. When we pray, our God only hears us because we are in a covenant relationship with him. An eternal covenant. The new covenant. And Jesus is the one that came to fulfill this eternal covenant, the new covenant. He's the one that shed his blood on the cross, which speaks of his sacrificial death. And this specifically speaks of the new covenant and eternal covenant. Ezekiel 37 verses 26 to 27. There Ezekiel spoke about it and said, Our Lord will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with me, and I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. And who fulfilled this promise? Jesus. The blood of Jesus brought in the eternal covenant, known as the new covenant. That's why Jesus spoke to his disciples, and he said, he said, this cup is poured out for you, is the new covenant. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, yes, his body was broken, but his blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins and the inauguration of the new covenant. And because we are in a covenant relationship with our God, we are in agreement with his promises to walk faithfully and humbly with him, obeying his promises. It's amazing that our God of peace establishes peace with man through the blood of the cross, which we know we're so unworthy of. No one deserves salvation. No one can say, I'm worthy of going to heaven. And Jesus there, the perfect man, was the perfect sacrifice, the once-off sacrifice, where he died on the cross. His blood was satisfactory to his Father. And it was satisfactory to God for God to bring him back to life from the dead, to raise him to life, to resurrection life. Someone said, God the Father raised his Son from the dead, approving his work on the cross and promising eternal life to all who trust in him. Who are we trusting in this morning? Who have we put our faith and trust in this morning? Is it in Jesus plus or is it in Jesus alone? Because through the resurrection, through the power of the resurrection, when we believe, we receive the Holy Spirit. Scripture says, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that lives in us because of the resurrection and gives us the strength and the power to live a godly life. Like I said, if there was no resurrection, our preaching would be in vain, our faith would be in vain, we all would still be dead in our sins. And this power we receive from the resurrection is not a, a mystical power or power to go there and throw cars around and move mountains, but it's a power to transform hearts, hearts that have been turned from a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. God is in the process of changing people from worshipping self to worshipping Him. Because before you were saved, you were on the throne. It was all about you, me, myself and I. Now, it's about God. And God has given us the Holy Spirit, the power to transform our hearts more and more into Christ-likeness. And this is how God equips us. To be godly in this perverse world. And it's all through and by the resurrection of Jesus. That's why Paul said that I might know Him, that's Jesus, and the power of His resurrection. So that it could equip Paul to face his sufferings. Knowing that Jesus' grace was sufficient for whatever came His way as He went about preaching the gospel of Christ. Jesus' words and Jesus' works. The second vital thing that we need to know is why does God equip us? A lot of people out there are living, saying, I'm a Christian, I know this Jesus, and they're living as they please. And the Bible says, if you practice such things, and that is sins, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. God's word says that. But why does God equip us? Because verse 21 of Hebrews chapter 13 tells us, because to him be glory forever and ever. That's why we're here this morning. We want to worship. Because Revelation 4.11 tells us, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. And therefore you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power. God has created us to, to worship Him and to glorify Him. That's what it says at the end of verse 21. To equip you with every good that you may do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God's purpose for saving us, and you've heard it, is to bring Him glory and honour. When Jesus was walking here on this earth, that was His purpose for His own life, was to bring glory and honour to His Father. He Himself said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. And Jesus dwelt among his people, revealing God's glory, grace into their lives. 
Scripture says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. In the Scriptures, John's a beautiful Gospel. There in John's Gospel, there God has disclosed Himself in Jesus. You want to get to know God? Go to the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Read them. You get to know God through Jesus. And you get to know Jesus who is the Son of God. Who was truly man and truly God. And if Jesus came into this world honouring and glorifying His Father through His life, then we too are called to walk amongst the lost. Reflecting God's glory into the lives of people. Not our glory, not our character. We're supposed to, to reflect God's glory so people can see that Christ is in us. It was the late John Stott that said that a pastor, when he's finished preaching, you shouldn't see him, you should have seen Christ. Because that's who he wants to exalt. He wants to lift his name on high. Christ's name, not his own name. And today we have that. Many pastors lifting themselves and exalting themselves. And we need to be careful as pastors. We don't do that. We have to exalt Christ and to honor Him because He's worthy to receive glory and honor and power. Because He's the Almighty God, the Creator God who made us for Him. And when we're saved, we are His. We've been bought with the precious blood of Christ. We are not our own. We belong to God. And God wants to equip us to know this so that we can glorify Him and His Son in this world. And this equipping begins, like I said, when you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's through Him alone that we receive the Holy Spirit. When God saves us, He sends His Spirit to come and live in us, to help us as the Helper, to equip us with every good. And as we read God's Word, as we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is working with God's Word and He equips us with everything good, like cultivating the fruits of the Spirit, to grow your kindness, your gentleness, your goodness, your love, your joy, your self-control, your patience, your faithfulness. That's what the world should be seeing coming through us. And as we, as we spend time in the Scriptures, Romans 12, 1 also helps us to understand this. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, and what is acceptable, and what is perfect. God equipping us with everything good to reflect His glory into the world. So, we all know of people that can irritate us, that can frustrate us, 
and we can be, become very irritated. How are you going to react to those people? Out of irritation? Out of frustration? Why are we going to react, reflecting God's glory and love into their lives? God is always testing us. He's always bringing people into our lives to test us. To grow our patience, to grow our kindness, to grow our goodness. Of the Old Testament, what did God require of them? To love kindness, to do justice and to walk humbly with Him. Yes, and He required them to love their neighbour, but also to love God with all their heart, soul, mind and strength and love their neighbour. And we see, look, read the Old Testament, see how they failed. Because they wouldn't allow the Creator God to equip them. They became proud. God, we don't need your word. We don't need you. Look, we have this beautiful Jerusalem. We have walls around us. We don't need you. And we like that today. We have the most precious book given to us, the Bible, which is alive. And it's a double-edged sword to equip us, to sanctify us, to live faithful, godly lives. Again, God wants us to love Him with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, and then love our neighbour as ourselves. And the more we are learning to love God, the more we can learn to love the unlovely, the people that irritate us and frustrate us, the, the stranger, as well as the enemy. The God and the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, has given us a living hope by raising His Son, Jesus Christ, from the dead to equip us through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To live boldly, to live courageously, and to live holy lives for the glory of God our Father. And He wants to equip us to do that. We cannot do it alone. And hopefully we've been challenged with these two vital things. How God equips us and why God equips us. And hopefully they will encourage us. So when we go out that door, we will see why we need to be equipped. Equipped to grow us in our relationships with each other. To grow our relationships in our marriage, in our parenting, in our workplace. There must be people in your workplace that really, really frustrate you and irritate you and wish maybe they didn't come to work. Maybe they got knocked over, spent a few months in hospital. We want God to equip us so we can serve Him faithfully, wholeheartedly. We want Him to equip us so we can be these faithful men and women out there. And we can trust in this God to equip us. As I close with these few verses from Hebrews chapter 4. Since then we, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted 
tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence, and that's God's confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And that is telling us, let us draw near to God and let Him equip us so we can allow in His grace, which is sufficient no matter what struggle or what you're going through at this present moment. Let's pray. Father, forgive us, forgive me. There are many times, I, and maybe us as well, we, we, we don't always allow you to equip us, especially through the hard times, especially through suffering. We push you away, and we lean on our own understanding, we try to be wise in our own eyes, and we just come off second best. But forgive us, Father. Be merciful to us, and I pray that you would work in our hearts to to turn our eyes away from all this vanity and revive us in your scriptures, that you would turn our hearts back to you so that you can equip us for every good thing in this world. Help us, Father. Please give us wisdom. Help us now when we come to the, the Lord's table to reflect on, on how we allow you to equip us. Because we can. Because you equip us, and you equip us to bring you great glory and honor. We know now how you equip us. We know now why you equip us. We're without excuse. Help us, Father, please. Help me, as the pastor, to be equipped. So I can continue faithfully ministering your word in this church. Help us all, Father, to be faithful servants of your word in this world what this world needs now is the gospel is your love your compassion but coming through the gospel of christ help us father pray and ask this all in jesus name amen